Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the global financial markets, including a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to deliver on this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets, so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment, where we review the performance of the domestic markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week, so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, this here is episode number 69. And as mentioned previously, to commemorate the first anniversary of the Market Keller podcast, I'm in the process of writing a book that is focused on fundamental analysis. And this will help our listeners to develop a better understanding of the financial markets and in particular how economic data influences asset prices. A quick progress update, we are still going back and forth with the editor as there are quite a number of corrections to be made, so please bear with me as we finalize on this last draft. And now over to this week's podcast where we are reviewing the performance of the global markets during the 33rd week of 2023, and that is from Monday the 14th to Friday the 18th of August. And without further ado, this is your host, Jemuhuri, and together, let's dive right in. We kick it off in the United Kingdom, where headline inflation cooled off sharply in the month of July, to an annual rate of 6.8%, but the core consumer price index remained unchanged, posing a potential headache for the Bank of England going forward. The headline consumer price index declined from a rate of 7.9% that was reported in the previous month of June. However, core inflation, which excludes volatile food and energy prices, remain unchanged from June at 6.9% and was slightly above a consensus of focus of 6.8%. And over in China, the People's Bank of China, which is China's central bank, unexpectedly cut interest rates on Tuesday as policymakers continued to ramp up support for the world's second largest economy. The central bank trimmed interest rates on about 400 billion yuan worth of medium-term lending facilities from 2.65% to 2.5%. This was the second rate cut by the People's Bank of China in the past three months. And staying in the East, on Tuesday, Russia's central bank hiked interest rates by 350 basis points from 8.5% to 12% as the country looks to halt a rapid depreciation 
of the Russian ruble, which was last seen trading at about 102 to the US dollar. The depreciation of the ruble has been blamed on the central bank's loose monetary policy, hence the massive rate hike. And moving further east, provisional data showed that Japan's economy posted its third consecutive quarterly expansion as robust export growth contributed to an annualized growth rate of 6% in the second quarter of 2023 and these handily beat market expectations for growth of 3.1%. This data comes after an annualized growth rate of 2.7% in the first quarter, which points to a continued post-COVID recovery for Japan's economy. And news from the South confirms that Argentina's central bank devalued its peso by close to 18% and hiked its benchmark interest rate by a whopping 21 percentage points to an unbelievable 118%. This follows a shock primary election win by the far-right candidate who has vowed to get rid of the central bank and dollarize Argentina's economy. Argentina's presidential elections will be held in October and we will be following that closely to see what happens. In the U.S. stock market, Wall Street continues to struggle in the month of August as stocks recorded another week of losses. The Dow Jones Industrial Average added about 26 points to close at 34,500 whilst the S&P 500 dipped by just 0.01% to finish off at 4,369, and the Nasdaq Composite slipped 0.2% to end the session at 13,290. For the week, the Dow was down by 2.2%, whilst the S&P fell by 2.1%, and the Nasdaq Composite shed about 2.6% as both indices registered their third consecutive week of losses. In the U.S. bond market, U.S. Treasury yields fell on Friday as investors considered the outlook for monetary policy. The Fed has hiked rates 11 times over its last 12 meetings, and many investors expect the central bank to pause its rate-hiking cycle in order to allow previous hikes to transmit through the economy. The latest data indicates that inflationary pressures are easing, whilst the labor market remains resilient. However, there are still concerns that elevated interest rates could drag the U.S. economy into a recession. Consequently, the yield on the 10-year Treasury bond was down by more than 5 basis points at 4.25%, whilst the yield on the 2-year Treasury note was down by more than 2 basis points to 4.94%. For your information, bond yields and prices are inversely correlated. That means as interest rates rise, bond prices fall and vice versa. 
In the commodity markets, the price of crude oil rose by about 1% on Friday on signs that U.S. output was slowing down. Industry data showed that the rig count for U.S. oil and natural gas, which is an early indicator of future output, fell for the sixth week in a row. The international benchmark Brent crude rose by 0.8% to settle at $84.80 a barrel, whilst the U.S. benchmark WTI, that is West Texas Intermediate, gained by 1.1% to settle at $81.25 a barrel. Over the past seven weeks, Brent crude has gained about 18%, whilst WTI has gained about 20%, And this is mainly due to output cuts from the organization of petroleum exporting countries. Meanwhile, Marban oil, which Kenya imports, declined to $88.07 a barrel compared to $90.10 the previous week. In the precious metals market, the price of gold was steady on Friday but was on track for its third consecutive weekly drop as recent U.S. economic data suggests that interest rates may stay higher and for much longer. Spot gold was down 1.4% for the week at $1,887 per ounce. For your information, gold is not the ideal asset class in this current environment because it doesn't provide a yield like other instruments such as bonds that are currently providing a return of between 4 to 5% per annum. In the cryptocurrency market, Bitcoin experienced a dramatic fall of about 6% on Thursday and was hovering just above $26,000 on Friday before closing the session at 26,038 US dollars per coin. The decline in Bitcoin was attributed to a report in the Wall Street Journal which confirmed that SpaceX, which is owned by Elon Musk, had written down the value of its Bitcoin holdings by $373 million, suggesting that the company had sold off its cryptocurrency position. For the week, Bitcoin was down over 11% for its seventh weekly loss in the past eight weeks. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets. In the domestic foreign exchange market, the Kenyan shilling continued to depreciate versus the major international currencies, but remained relatively stable versus the regional currencies. And according to data obtained from the central bank, the official exchange rate for the U.S. dollar was quoted at 144.04 compared to 143.44 the previous week. However, in the interbank market, commercial banks were selling the U.S. dollar at between 148 shillings on the lower side to above 153 shillings on the higher side. Meanwhile, the sterling pound was priced at 183.55 and the euro was valued at 157.23.
And on the regional front, one Kenya shilling was changing hands for 25.86 Ugandan shillings and 17.32 Tanzanian shillings. And to the Rwandese franc, it was posted at 8.21. For your information, in the past one year, the Kenya shilling has lost nearly 20% of its value against these regional currencies, which in turn has weakened the country's dominant trading position in the East African region. The current trend suggests that the Kenya shilling will continue to depreciate for the foreseeable future, and this is mainly due to the country's excessive national debt, which now stands at above 70% of the gross domestic product and consumes about 60% of total revenue collections. And what that means is that for every one shilling that Kenya Revenue Authority collects, 60 cents will go towards debt repayment. On foreign exchange reserves, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves declined by $67 million to $7.29 billion, which is equivalent to 3.98 months of import cover. This amount is in breach of the central bank statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. And in spite of the recent funding received from the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund, Kenya's foreign exchange reserves remain under pressure, and this is mainly due to the increased cost of servicing our external debt obligations that have pushed the country to the precipice of a sovereign debt default. On diaspora remittances, the latest data available from the central bank shows that the inflow of remittances in the month of July 2023 hit a record high of $378 million, and this is compared to the $319 million that was received in July 2022, which was an increase of 18%. Meanwhile, the cumulative inflows for the 12 months to July 2023 totaled $4.07 billion. The strong remittance inflows continues to support Kenya's current account as well as the domestic foreign exchange market. The United States remains the largest source of remittances into Kenya accounting for 55% of total remittances that were received in the month of July 2023. In the money market, the liquidity situation in the interbank market was significantly tighter during the past week as tax remittances to the government exceeded and more than offset government payments into the market. The excess reserves held by commercial banks in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement, stood at a shortfall of 3.4 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active as the average interbank rate increased to 11.22% compared to 8.80% the previous week. During the week, the average value traded increased to 22.9 billion shillings from 22.2 billion shillings the previous week.
In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 17th of August, and the central bank received bids totaling 44.7 billion shillings, again as an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance rate of 186%. Interest rates on all the three tenors increased marginally, as the bulk of the bids, totaling about 38.2 billion shillings, were concentrated at the short end of the yield curve, where the 91-day rate increased by 36 basis points to top out at 13.47%, whilst the 182-day rate inched up by 16 basis points to settle at 13.27%, and the 364-day rate gained by a massive 40 basis points to average out at 13.74%. And for your information, one basis point is equivalent to 0.01%, and therefore 100 basis points is equal to one percentage point. Please note that the 91-day rate is once again higher than the 182-day rate, and only marginally lower than the 364-day rate. That means that the one-year yield curve is now broadly flat, with investors preferring the shorter-dated security, which allows them to reinvest at a higher rate every 91 days. In the primary bond market, the bond auction for the month of August was held on Wednesday the 16th, and the central bank received bids totaling 53 billion shillings, again as an advertised amount of 40 billion shillings, representing a performance rate of 132%. However, despite being oversubscribed, the central bank ended up accepting only 19.1 billion shillings. The central bank had offered for sale two fixed-coupon treasury bonds, and the auction results were as follows. The first bond, which is FXD1-2023-02, stroke stroke this is a new bond issue that has a two-year tenor, and the central bank accepted 11.6 billion shillings at a weighted average rate of 16.97%, which is now the coupon for this bond. The second bond was FXD1 stroke 2023 stroke 05. This is a reopened five-year bond with 4.9 years left to maturity and the central bank accepted 7.4 billion shillings at a weighted average rate of 17.95% and this is vis-a-vis -vis the existing coupon rate which is at 16.84%. In the secondary bond market, bond turnover in the domestic market declined by 10% during the past week. And in the international markets, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds were on an upward trajectory, with the yield on the 10-year eurobond that matures in 2024 recording the largest increase of 100 basis points from 13.2% the previous week to 14.2%. And just as a reminder, the Central Bank of Kenya recently launched the Dow CSD, which is a web-based platform, as well as a mobile app that allows retail investors 
both here at home and in the diaspora to invest in government securities in an easy and convenient way. The new platform allows retail investors to open bond trading accounts, which are referred to as CSD, that is Central Securities Depository, and thereafter be able to purchase government securities directly from the comfort of their mobile devices without having to physically show up at any central bank office. For more information, please visit the Central Bank of Kenya website. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange during the past week, the equities market was on a downward trajectory with the NASI, the NSE 20, and the NSE 25 all declining by 2.5%, 3.9%, and 3.3% respectively. This takes their year-to-date performance to losses of 20.4% for the NASI, 8.5% for the NSC 20, and 16.5% for the NSC 25. The market's performance was mainly driven by losses recorded by large-cap stocks such as East African Breweries, Standard Chartered Bank, Bamburi, and Kenya Commercial Bank, which declined by 9.2%, 8.8%, 7.8% and 4.8% respectively. During the week, the turnover in equities increased by 35% to $11.7 million. Meanwhile, foreign investors were net buyers for the third consecutive week with a net buying position of $700,000. US However, on a year-to-date basis, foreign investors remained net sellers with a net selling position of $272 million. Up next is the topical issue, and this week our topic is on interest rate caps. The governor of the Central Bank of Kenya has warned members of parliament against proceeding with a bill that seeks to reintroduce caps on interest rates. The governor was reacting to information about a draft bill that proposes to reintroduce interest rate caps, which he said would hurt the economy as it squeezes credit to the private sector. Interest rate caps were initially introduced in September 2016, and they imposed a legal cap on lending rates at 4 percentage points above the prevailing central bank rate, which at that time was at 9%, which meant that all commercial bank lending was capped at 13%. The interest rate caps were eventually removed in 2019, when the then president declined to assent to the finance bill for that year, and instead requested parliament to scrap them, which they did. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color Podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. I really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And for your information, the Market Color Podcast is now available on all major hosting directories. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, 
and Amazon Music. The Market Color Podcast is now also available on the WhatsApp channel. Remember, it's free to subscribe and follow. Therefore, please consider doing so. And in any case, you can always change your mind. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support. I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And in the meantime, please do have yourselves a blessed and fantastic week ahead. And remember, you can't give what you don't have. Therefore, start by loving yourself. Think about it. Thank you and God bless.